0: Anytime, we around, it go down, we major. Anytime, we around, it go down, we major. Oh, it down, we major. down and down and down again, oh. I got so high left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I try, never try it again, cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh, find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who thinkin' we minor. Niggas. What is up everybody, welcome back to the show. We did the top 11 men wrestlers and women wrestlers of 2022. And I decided to split this up in the middle of that show um, because I was talking, I was getting really into it, and I started losing my voice. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you know, and I said, all right, this is going to be a long one. And this is part of the reason why I didn't want to be a part of a regular show because uh, I think I went close to an hour with that. I have no clue how long I'm going to go with this. It may not be as long. This may be longer. I'm not going to put a time limit on these things. Like, see, the show, the reason I started putting a time limit on the show is because we were going two, three hours. That's ridiculous, right? And, excuse me, and you can you, you can do like, what I do sometimes, especially when uh, just something to wrestle with was uh, the biggest podcast there is. I took it in bite-sized portions. Now, it helped the fact that we had the pandemic going, so literally there was nothing else to do but I still taking them bite-sized portions i listened to all at once because i just didn't want to i, I could i, I love um long documentaries long podcasts. i that's just me um but the reality was when i started doing the show i went back to kind of some of the uh feedback and criticisms that the previous show got and i said you know what let's try to bite. get this to a snicker-sized portion to where even if you can't listen to 40 straight minutes of it you can listen to 30 straight minutes of it and they'll make you want to go back and listen to the rest but i found that this was the sweet spot and so that's why there was very few shows over an hour um and even then you have like the other half side of things where people are like well i want it more <laughs> and i rather you want more than less right so in the middle of the last recording i said "Fuck it i'm just gonna shut this down When I do this, because I realized I was going into so so much detail. And I was like, all right, cool. But that was the point of this, right? To really give my feedback. And so I said, cool. So um, now we're going to talk about the top 11 stories and my predictions. Um, uh, I'm going to do 10 predictions. Um, So where do I want to start? Let's do the predictions, because I feel like that would be more straightforward. Number 10. Will Ospreay will win the New Japan World Championship. He will drop the United States Championship, not to Kenny Omega. He will beat Kenny Omega. (coughs) Excuse me. But at some point in time in the next year, he will beat Okada for the World Heavyweight Championship. Nine. Uh, I think I kind of gave this one away in my previous show, but Chris Statlander will return and will win gold. She will finally fulfill her destiny and win some gold. Number eight, AEW will heat Wardlow up again. I'm I'm gonna have faith here. This one I wasn't sure about. I'm gonna be real with you. A lot of these I weren't I wasn't sure about. I I just wasn't. Um I didn't feel comfortable with a lot of these predictions. But I said, you know what? Have faith in the process. Now that ROH is done invading AEW until Forbidden Door, I, I'm gonna believe the focus will go back on AEW talent. And one of those talents has to be Wardlow. We will have to see the guy who, the last man to defeat um, MJF, that was Wardlow, decisively. So I believe they're gonna hit him up again. Number seven, this one should be no doubt in anyone's mind. MJF and Brian Danielson will have a bloody, bloody feud. I can see it's going on past revolution. This will be a war. This will be... MJF will win every time. But uh, but this will be something that will get ugly. 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 Number six. Champa and Gargano will get DIY back together. Right now, Gargano has not been lighting the world up. And we have reports from WrestleVotes that Triple H was not happy with some of the rehires. We had some other reports refuting that there's no doubt about it. A lot of these talents have come back. And as of this recording, um, th- what just happened was Bronson Reed came back th- th- this night, right? And so he's, he's still bringing people back. So we'll see how it does. But Gargano has not been good. He's not been lighting the world on fire at all. And you know what? It's been the booking. And so um, I'm going to believe that 2023 will bring back the re- reunion of DIY and will light the tag team scene up. Number five, I have been saying that for months. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens will dethrone the Usos and their reign. And their tag team championship, historic reign, will come to an end. And Zayn and Owens will win the tag team championships. The one title that has eluded Kevin Owens, he's been a world heavyweight champion, United States champion, intercontinental champion. He has not been a tag team champion. I know he has not won a WWE title, but he's been a world champion is my point. They will get the tag team titles number 4 and it's funny cuz I wrote, I wrote this down before this news broke that's this is the funniest thing uh but you guys won't believe it but it's okay uh, Sasha Banks will wrestle at least one match outside of WWE it looks like she's scheduled to wrestle more than that and we could possibly possibly see her wrestle AEW talent if the announcement that I think is going to happen is going to happen if she stays uncontracted from WWE for the first seven months, it's possibility we could see her at Forbidden Door too. It will be, let's not be foolish. There will be a Forbidden Door too. We could see her at Forbidden Door too. We know she's gonna wrestle Kyrie. She is. Kyrie has been begging for a match with Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks has been doing the same. Sasha Banks has the freedom to now do what she wants to. She's not gonna be, she's not exiled from WWE. But the reality is she is a she is the woman Chris Jericho. When I say that, I mean that in the ultimate compliment because I mean that because she's one of those people that is just she's she's a, a mix of Jericho, Leo, Rush, and Kota Ibushi. I feel like she will be much happier as a free agent. She can always go back to WWE for a short term deal. They don't see her as a star anyway, remember? That's what they just that's what they just reported. They don't see her as a star anyway. We can see her Wrestle AEW contracted wrestlers. Think about this: How many times have we seen AEW contracted wrestlers wrestling at, you know, Capital Punishment or whatever the fuck it's called? These 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 different uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling events. Now, obviously, they're gonna save that for a bigger audience, but she's gonna. There's a great chance we're gonna see her at AEW event. I don't think she'll sign, but she will definitely wrestle more than one match outside of WWE, which will be big. MJF number three will keep the AEW title for the entirety of 2023. I don't see him losing it. I once again, it's depend, If they're able to heat, hate, so here's where this prediction can go wrong. If they're able to heat up, War of the Luck, I think they can, and get him hot, hot, hot again. He lo- MJF loses at All Out. I just think it's gonna take them a full year to undo what they've done. By the time the heat wore low up, I think it's gonna be the end of 2023 when they see, and I don't know how you get him back in that again, that, that position again, but uh, they can. I just don't see anyone being able to beat him. Cool, the first few will be Brian Danielson. After that, I don't know. After that, it's is gonna be a plethora of people coming at him, his head. And he's and he's by himself now. He doesn't have the firm or anybody. He's, he's he's isolated himself, which has been which is on him. You know, he did to himself. But um, he, I, I truly believe he's going to keep the title for the entirety of this of the year. So calendar year. Well, it's technically yeah. Number two, the Bloodline will turn babyface. I think before they break up, there's a babyface run in the Bloodline. There just is. You know, I don't know. I, I, they're going to be they're going to be completely when they, when they turn on Sami Zayn, it will be completely heels. He'll move. They'll turn him all hated and blah blah blah. At some point in time, Roman, even though he's been, he's, even though he's been fighting, it, he will turn babyface again. It will be natural. It will be. It will be something that they. They can't fight. He can't fight. There is a babyface run in the bloodline that will happen, and so we'll see how that goes. Number one, Cody Rhodes will win the WWE title. Eventually, those belts will splinter. They're going to have to. A USA cannot be too happy with not having a world champion on its television show all the fucking time. And WWE will have to oblige because guess what? The Great Bidding War of 2024. I don't know when they're going to splinter those titles. I'm going to assume once Roman Reigns is officially pinned and dethroned, they're going to split those titles. And I would have to assume, maybe my predictions here. If Cody is the one to come back, eliminate everyone from the Royal Rumble that he's in there with, go on to face Reigns, second night of uh, WrestleMania, and win, and dethrone him, I would assume there's going to be some type of thing in there where they will strip him of the Universal Championship and just make him WWE Champion, which is the only title he wants anyway. That's the title that was air quotes taken from his dad. That's a title that his brother was never able to get. His brother got the Intercontinental title. His brother got tag team titles. All those things Cody have done. Cody's a former Intercontinental champion. Bringing back that white classic one, and his and he also is a former tag team champion. Another belt to get. So, those are my predictions there. Now let's get to the top eleven stories. Number eleven. All these are top eleven stories of 2022, and this one wasn't as tough as um, this one wasn't as tough as um, my other eleven list because this wrote itself. But I want to mix in news and storylines of wrestling. Right? Sometimes they all. Sometimes it's the same thing. But I felt compelled to mix all these in. So, number 11. And I was and number 11 is the only one that I was kind of like on the fence about. Number 11. Tony Khan saves ROH. Buys ROH. Um, look here. We got the announcement around this time last year. Actually, earlier last year. That final battle will be the hiatus of ROH. And it was a long time coming. ROH has not been hot in a very, very long time. And even when they sold out Madison Square Garden with New Japan, that was on the strength of New Japan. And even then, a lot of people thought that was a disappointment because they were expecting the Elite. Well, the Elite by that time was full, they were full-fledged going to be All Elite. Um, They were going to be AEW. And they had issues with the guy in charge at the time. And Either way, there was not much buzz about ROH. Unless you were an ROH fan, it was kind of like Impact. It it had niche market, and it was kind of like cool, and this is what it is right so he saves ROH and we've seen a rebirth we saw Super Caravana what they were able to do we didn't have had two more pay-per-views from ROH we've had ROH invade AEW television we've seen Chris Jericho win his eighth World Heavyweight Championship adding to many accolades this dude is now a former WWE Champion former World Heavyweight Champion from our AEW champion, from our ROH champion, from our WCW champion. This dude just keeps adding to it. We've seen Cesaro get his first ever, or Claudio, excuse me, get his first ever World Heavyweight Championship, defeating Jonathan Gresham and defeating Jericho to get it. He's a two time champ now. we seen some of the best of Chris Jericho this year. It went from me, who was a Super Jericho fan, be like, oh, yeah, yeah, to okay. Great match with Bandito, great match for Dog Castle, great match with Claudio. We've seen someone tap out to the fucking big swing. So this is their chance now. SuperCard, I mean, um, Ring of Honor's uh honor passes back. It's 999, and we're gonna have some type of involvement with New Japan. We don't know this as the time of this press recording. But at the end of the day, he saves it. Let's see what he can do with it. Number 10. William Regal joins AEW forms Blackpool Combat Club, then goes back to WWE. We've gotten more information since Regal has left. Regal was released from his contract um, because he was a part, he was Triple H's guy and they were destroying everything Triple H was doing. And according to Regal, um, in order to show up at Revolution, um, Mr. Man had to allow him to break that 90 day compete. And so WWE was still paying Regal as AEW was paying regal and he came in as a huge surprise at revolution 2020, 2022 and he and he interrupted the the the, the, the end, mat, end part of brian danielson and, and john moxley slapping both people and forming what is the blackpool combat club and um he had a, he had a less than a year run and he left his mark he put over mjf tremendously on the way out i don't think anyone's put hands on regal since tegan knox pushed him i mean not tegan knox but dakota kai pushed him at war games and she got booed relentlessly relentlessly for that he allowed mjf to just literally punch him with brass ducks and take him out you know so uh good good deal for that number nine the Summer of John Moxley. I went into great detail on this in the, in the previous podcast. I'm going to go over it again. But essentially, Moxley protected the company. He took the company and put it on his back. And the same way he was WWE's Iron Man for several years before, before he got hurt, he he became the ace of this company. I kept calling him the captain. He's the fucking ace. Same way Tanahashi has been called the ace of New, New Japan, Moxley... He will have he will have one more run in WWE without a shadow of a doubt. He will go back there have his own solo Hall of Fame induction. Then he will have his own uh, induction uh, his, his induction with uh, the Shield. This guy took and it took AEW when its biggest star without a doubt, the guy who put them to, brought them to their first million dollar gate, which was CM Punk, and said we can do better, we can do more. Without the controversy. Just when he's put his head down and went to fucking work. Number eight, Naomi and Sasha walk out on Vince McMahon. One of Vince McMahon's last final acts on the main roster was having his women's tag team champions, one of his biggest stars, walk out on him. Details have always been uh, sparse at best. But. The reality is Naomi and Sasha were floundering as far as where they were going. Naomi had a storyline going with Sonya Deville for months and they put it into that in early January for whatever reason. Instead of putting it off into WrestleMania, they kept it going until January. So she had nothing going on. Sasha Banks legitimately had nothing going on. it comes to find out, reportedly, that she was set to be in the main event with Charlotte Flair until Ronda Rousey made her return. Then she had nothing going on. So they then put these two women together, which was a kind of a blessing for both of them because they ended up winning the the, the Women's Tag Team Championships, giving Sasha Banks her first victory at WrestleMania, and she got the fall, as a matter of fact, breaking her streak of losing there. Well, then it makes it 10 times worse because then... They didn't defend those belts. I think they defended them once or twice. And then the the, the plan, reportedly, I'm doing air quotes again. You can't see me doing air quotes. Was to have them both be, even though they're the women's tag team champions, they're going to be in separate feuds. Naomi was supposed to be in a feud with the Raw women's tag team champion. Sasha was going to be in a feud with the SmackDown women's tag team champion. or SmackDown women's champion, excuse me. And then they were both going to lose. Without defending those belts for two, three months. Which they both disagreed with. Johnny Ace, who was in control at the time of talent relations, uh, we'll we'll leave that alone for later. Um, said, hey, this, these are the plans, and you guys are going to do it. They said, no, we're not. They and they put the belts on the counter and walked out. Uh, Naomi has not been seen since, and reportedly, both of them both of them had their contracts up like two months later. And mind you, they could have froze those those contracts for those two months. Um, but Sasha Banks reportedly had her lawyers negotiate of her deal and once again it's two months like you can freeze them for two months and what you can do is you can hold them to that two months but then you're putting them on tv and she wasn't planning on wrestling anyway so the night they could not compete with sasha was not going to hurt her anyway and so um they negotiated out of it to where she can't do any wrestling bookings until 2023 and then naomi's just been doing her thing we see her at Different events with fucking Jay Cargill, Sasha Banks, whoever the fuck. Um, they've both been they've been out there, you know, non WWE television, but they've still been out there. But they stood up for themselves and they said, "Fuck it, you're the big dog, but we were walking out." So that was number eight. Number seven, Steve Austin main events, his last WrestleMania main event, but he's still main events nonetheless, showing his star power. Because he never even fucking showed up to do anything. This was all on the back of Kevin Owens, who did the bald-headed uh, bald cap uh, and and <laughs> the great impression of Austin. There, there was nothing there. And I remember just seeing him take the suplex on the outside. Like This was strategic. This was him saying, I feel good. I feel great. This is what it is. Um, I'm, I can do this one more time and end on my own terms. So good for him. Good for Kevin Owens, because Kevin Owens met him in a, a airport one time and said, what do I need to do? And also said, just keep talking. And that's what Kevin Owens can do is talk. And he learned English to do it. And um, this guy went from being an R.H. mainstay and to having Jim Cornette say, you're not going to do anything because you don't listen, to him not listening his way to the top. This dude came into NXT one of his first matches, he is the NXT champion, being his best friend for it. One of his in his first few months, stepping on the United States Championship on the main roster, feuding with John Cena, beating John Cena. Didn't win the feud, but beat him. Winning the Universal Championship when Finn Balor went down. This dude has done a lot of things but the main event wrestling. And this is why, and I get it, 2 nights of Mania is a fucking lot. I can't be mad at you guys for, for feeling that way. But the same way I feel about the championships. We don't see a lot of this stuff. Where, we've had AJ Styles main event a WrestleMania because of this. He would never main event WrestleMania. Let's just be real. Because one night he would never main event a fucking WrestleMania. That's just what it is. Those are facts. We've had the women, almost all the four horsemen main event. We had, we had two black women main event a WrestleMania. It's more than just about, it. We, we've gotten to see it's more than just about Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. It's more than just about Steve Austin. Kevin Owens was able to main event a fucking WrestleMania. That's a big fucking deal. It's a very important deal, dude. So, that's just me. Um. Number f- six. Forbidden door has been destroyed. It's open. And it's just amazing what we got. They put together a pay-per-view. Who knows the politics that went on behind it? The fact that they're working together again on on the on the honor pass means that it didn't go too badly. We got everything we needed out of it. We got a great match with Orange Cassidy and uh, Will Ospreay. We got to see the Fatal Four-way match with Okada with Adam Cole, who has not been seen since due to his concussion, unfortunately. Jay White and Adam Page. We got the Tanahashi-John Moxley match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. We were missing some big names. We were missing Brian Danielson, who was out with a concussion. We were missing CM Punk out due to foot surgery. We were missing some big-time names. Some people caught COVID beforehand. Uh, but we still got a great show, what I would dare say, one of the best shows of the year in all of wrestling. One of the best shows of the year. Number five, MJF and CM Punk get personal. Once again, in the in podcast from yesterday, I talked a lot about that. Well, I'm not going to rehash everything, but it started with CM Punk simply walking out or refusing to shake MJF's hand. And then we, let, we got a Thanksgiving 2022 gift, excuse me, 2021 gift of an 18-minute promo segment that went back and forth. Then we came into 2022 where we had a bloody dog collar match we had a cm punk losing twice to mjf in chicago we we had an unfinished feud unfortunately but the stuff we got was still fucking amazing number four the bloodline and sammy zane i you would think this would be higher but the three that in my opinion were higher were more important to the year because they were groundbreaking There were things that we didn't think we would actually see or hear about. While this is just a storyline, those are my top three are more of a life, real life, which always trumps the storyline. But the bloodline, one of the last acts of Vince McMahon was to add Sami Zayn into this storyline with the bloodline, which we didn't know where it was going. We knew that they were just kind of using him at first and all this type of stuff. And it's evolved into a... Storyline that, as of this recording, you guys are gonna, you guys aren't going to hear this until the top of the year. This is December twentieth, uh, and this is, um. Matter of fact, I'm reminding myself of a date. I i text texted my happy birthday. Um. And. Th- this this. Ha- I'm gonna give more of my thoughts. You guys are gonna hear more of my thoughts about this uh, on a show before this, but Bloodline just took over Raw. It, it, this is the best thing going storyline wise in wrestling. It just keeps evolving to really, really, really good stuff. So, um, it just it's just one of the it's one of the things I will give Vince before he leaves. But I don't know if I doubt that he will have done taking it this way. But it's pretty good stuff. And to see the stuff, everything we've gotten, whether it's the hug from Jimmy, uh, Jey Uso, excuse me, whether it's the ad- addition of Solo Sokoa, whether it's the, the hugs and and the shirt tossed from Roman Reigns, so you're not wearing this shirt again, you're, getting, you're wearing this one. It's been a very, very interesting uh, storyline and good storyline. Number three, let's get serious here. The all-out media scrum. Here's the thing. We didn't see this coming. This, is, this was... I've had time to reflect on this now. This was clearly premeditated by CM Punk, who had a lot to get off his chest. I've given my thoughts on this. It's in the archives. You can check it out. Here's the thing, though. I said I'm a rehash some stuff so give me a second when you go to your employer and say hey I don't know what's going on but I don't like this they can't always protect you and I understand that they can't always do what you want they want you want them to do I'm gonna use this as an example I used to work for a third party company a delivery comp I used to work for a third party delivery company that worked for a major appliance retailer and we were a delivery company and once again we're third party technically they're our customer so technically their customers are our customers you're not always going to see eye to eye with your customer especially when they want things to get done that just sometimes aren't possible to get done and so i remember one time someone called me i answered the phone i was i was, was they it, it called it an admin position but it was deeper than that it was an admin position a dispatch position a clerical position, an executive assistant position all in one. It legitimately was all these things in one. They just named it an admin position of doing air quotes again. And so, I remember I picked up the phone one time and this person was out of control. They were super entitled, cursing me out. I haven't cursed out before, but this was different. This was you are clearly one of those people that if I see you in the street, you would turn and walk the other way. You would. This was telephone cojones at their best, as best. So, I remember my manager was like, "Hey man, just we got we just got to take care of the customer, i take care of customer." And I was like, "Wow, like so you're encouraging bad behavior." So I went to another manager, and another manager was like, "Well, they can't defend you that way because it's not their money; it's that the the, the 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 our customer's money." Well, here's a part of the story I left out on purpose: the customer that we were third party for had suggested we cancel the order anyway. So if they, who it's their money saying cancel the order, why do we still have to service this customer? I say that to say this. If the rumors are true, and he went to upper management and said, hey, I don't know what's going on, because Adam Page was very angry during that whole entire feud, which no one could understand why. And if it's true that that those comments were made about Colt Cabana and this, that, and the third, blah, 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 then that's fine. And Heyman kind of crossed some lines. However, he did what he felt he needed to do for a friend. And so, Punk then supposedly went to manager and said, hey, I'm not going to lose this guy if he's treating me like crap. Like, we should should be apologizing. So, obviously nothing happened. Or Punk felt that nothing happened. Once again, working normal jobs, the one thing I've been told by management before is if we have a conversation with another employee, that's none of your business, the conversation we had. Like, I talked to them and just know it's squashed. All right? Who knows if that was even said to CM Punk? Well, CM Punk had months to cool down. He then decides to come back before the media scrum and call Hangman and Page, and Page was never scheduled to come out. So it made him look like a complete jabroni. So Punk continued this. Now Punk is in full bully mode. Let's just be real. He's in full bully mode. Because he is the biggest star that AEW has ever had. Just being real. And so then all of a sudden we go to the media scrum. And the media scrum just became a shit show fast. And Tony Khan, it wasn't one of his finest hours. But you know what? For as much as I gave him uh, grief on the previous show, my top 11 previous show, here's where I will give him sympathy. What do you do when this guy's going off on a rant? How do you stop him? How? How do you stop him? I don't know. It's easy for someone like us to be like, "Hey, I will have done this." Would you though? You? I'm not Tony Khan. I'm not at risk of losing millions of dollars. He has billions to spend. But my point is, I'm not. This is not. It's easy for me to say what I would have done what I've actually done it though in the moment. Cause I think in the moment when we are faced with certain things, we try to handle them as diplomatically as possible. I believe most people. And sometimes that, diplom- that diplomacy is not returned. And I think that was the best that he could do in that moment with him not expecting that and knowing who I am, I probably would have ended the media scrum right there. Say, so, hey, clearly there's a lot going on. He's emotional, blah, blah, blah. But, what, but can can you do that? Isn't it a Richard Sherman situation? For you guys who don't know, Richard Sherman was a football, football player who after a great game, he was to play for the Seattle Seahawks, after a great game against the San Francisco 49ers, he went on this tangent where him and Michael Crabtree were just talking trash about each other and everyone thought he was yelling at Aaron Andrews who was this blonde reporter, really got her job, gorgeous, but great at her job. But even she'd come out and said, no, this I was happy and proud to be a part of that because he wasn't yelling at me. He was talking to me about a situation that happened on the field. And she said she's very proud to be a part of that moment. And she was like, I don't know how people got that he was attacking me. because he, And he wasn't attacking her. But I remember the reaction in the moment. People were shitting on this guy. And they were like, yo, he's a piece of work. He's this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. When you're emotional, it's what, and Pete Carroll said, it's when you're emotional, you probably shouldn't have a microphone in your face. You shouldn't because you're saying what you really feel. And he was super emotional, and he should have just honestly not been a part of media scrum. But how would you know? Tony Khan didn't know he was holding that in. But either way, it's been, it's been documented that it was a fight that happened. Punk has been injured with a tricep thing. The elite came back months later to mock what, what it was that they were talking about. Look, dude, this we will never hear the full story about this whole thing. We will only hear certain sides. We've had biting stories, dog stories, fucking punching, fisticuffs. At the end of the day, this was a black guy on AEW. It will forever be a, a, a part of the legacy of AEW. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Every company needs growing pains like this to be better from it. Period. Bottom line. And as of this recording, it's press time. Supposedly, CM Punk is ready to move on to his next projects, but he wants to be bought out. And Tony Khan, here's where he can do something. He's not gonna let him. He's not gonna buy him out. Let him make who knows how much money just to go to WWE or some wrestling, other wrestling company. You're not going to do it. There's there's no 90-day competes with AEW. So, there you go. Number two. Cody Rhodes leaves AEW for WWE in a move that shocked the wrestling world, but needed to be done, I think, for Cody Rhodes' mental state. We came into 2022 hearing rumors that Cody Rhodes was working without a contract. Cody cut his backstage promo saying how he was working without a contract was a handshake deal and it was one of the best promos he's ever cut and all of a sudden he wins the TNT championship and then, which made him a three-time champion and then he loses in a great ladder match his final AEW match was great he put Sammy uh, uh, Guevara over amazingly and uh, it was important for him to do it obviously he did it well and um, it was a way to go out then, all of a sudden, we hear we hear that he's going to be facing Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And, all of a sudden, you have Kingdom playing at WrestleMania. You have his logo. You have AEW's version of Cody Rhodes. You legitimately have the grown-up Cody Rhodes returning home. Returning to a place where he felt like he had unfinished business. and A place that he needed to go. You know, um... But you have stories on top of that that you'll never... The Elite has been full of controversy this entire year. The Elite has been full of everything this year. And you have rumors of there being dissent, dissension amongst the Elite for an, an, uh, at least a year and a half before that. Cody Rhodes in a promo even said, am I still a part of the Elite? That's when he was facing They Were Heels. He had not been aligned with them for a very long time. Now, credit to Cody. He said the storyline with him not being a to for the... The championship was his idea which was a stupid fucking idea um but he he was floundering because what can you do he's, a, he's he's literally one of your top stars and this motherfucker can't challenge for the world championship it's like what are we doing here um and so then he goes on to have one of the best feuds of the year with Seth Rollins tears his it wasn't his tricep wasn't it like one of his it was one of his muscles in his arm obviously and we hear the rumor that he's not going to wrestle. say so we hear he's going to wrestle. He pulls off his uh, fucking jacket. And it it was a fucking sight. It was one of the most god-awful things I think I've seen in my fucking life. And this dude wrestled a fucking 20-minute match. Classic match. With one fucking arm. Going 3-0 against Seth Rollins. And meanwhile being taken out to heal his wounds. But the legacy of Cody Rhodes has just grown. It's... He could... And let's be real. This was the best move for him. He couldn't have done anything in AEW. They he, he couldn't have made the impact that he made that he did in three matches. I know he had more than three matches, but my point is, he, he in those three matches he did more than what he did in AEW all 2022, 2021, excuse me. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. This was one of the biggest moves him leaving a VP role to become a talent again. And he's gonna be he's gonna be rewarded with a WWE championship. For sure. He's going to be rewarded with it. But this was a huge loss for AEW. And when we go back to number three, Punk was the reason for that. Punk Cody Rhodes wanted punk money. And Tony Khan wasn't willing to pay it. Well, Vince was. So. And number one is the thing we all know. Mr. Man is forced into retirement. Something that I never thought I would see. I don't think anyone thought we would see. As as John Moxley said, that guy's gonna die in that chair. And this guy, he was forced into retirement after a number of accusations happened, and um, it was a bunch of it was twenty million dollars in hush money. This guy spent more on pussy than he did for all of WCW's library. And um, there's more accusations that's come out since then. As he's planning a return, um, you could tell he was fighting it. But if you, but his story coincides with his daughters and his son-in-laws. Those two were ousted. Literally, someone had leaked information on Stephanie McMahon, calling Fox to not allow them to use MOW on their Fubo um, app. And that, and Stephanie made the call herself. She. Called the code red herself, as they were saying, uh, a few good men, and legitimately she was ousted for it because Vince allowed it. Vince went to NXT and destroyed all of NXT while his son was on his deathbed, essentially, and all of a sudden now we have Nick Khan and Stephanie fucking McMahon are the CEOs of the company, co-CEOs. And then you bring Triple H back in a creative standpoint as far as he is the head of creative. And not only is he head of creative, he is um, head of tal relations, which obviously will have to go to someone else eventually. Um, but this whole thing has been ugly. It's been. How do I put this? For everything this man did for my youth and for me now. Entertainment-wise, it shows you that when you're defending people, there's some people who are out there who do not believe these women. They, and also at the same time, here's the thing: me, me being fair, I am I'm very a very diplomatic person. For me being diplomatic and me being fair, I don't think you should be able to. If me, and you have a consensual relationship or whatever. Me, and you have a relationship. And let's not use consensual. Let's take that the fuck out of here. I have a relationship with you. I'm your boss. You let me have sex with you. No matter how it happened, we had sex. All of a sudden, you tell me, hey, I'm just uncomfortable now because we shouldn't have crossed that line. Cool, no worries. How about I give you a cool $5 million? You sign this NDA, you move on. If you say cool to that and you sign an NDA, I don't think you should then be able to come back and then want my job. That's me personally. Right? I don't think you can have it both ways. I don't, I don't think you can take the money and take my career from me. Now, in return, I don't think I can expect you to not want that. If I did something as your boss to make you feel uncomfortable, why wouldn't you want to get me back? Because you have no power. So why, why, would it, why would I, no matter how powerful I am, expect you to not tell somebody? That's the ego of the Vince McMahon. Now, first of all, for personally, me putting my personal life out there a little bit, I've fucked a lot of coworkers, a lot, never any subordinates, and even then, when you're having sex with your coworkers, there has been a lot, I remember one time, interesting story, I think it was quite interesting here, maybe fun, I remember uh, with me and this coworker, we, we always did some friendly flirting, nothing too serious. And I remember she had this fat ass. Her ass was so dumb I had to be indifferent I had to be in mentally challenged classes. I'm not even being funny. That's how dumb her ass was. And I remember uh one day we're talking and just we always had a normal conversation, but it was a flirty little, little flirty thing. And she was like, Hey, like, when are we gonna go out? I was like, You know what? I like flirting with you. I think you're a super attractive woman. I, I I I I I'm not against having Relations with coworkers, or even dating co-workers, but we have to be on the same page. It cannot be any controversy that comes back here And She was like, what do you mean? I remember we talked we talked about this for a fucking month Finally after a month she said dude, you're the only guy I've ever met. That's gonna talk yourself out some good pussy I said I understand that I hear you, but you're not giving me what I need I feel like I feel like anytime we talk about what What will happen after? I get a hesitant version of you. She was like, wow, really? I said, yeah. She said, why don't we go out, no expectations. Go out to a public place, see how it goes. If you still get the hesitation, I'll never bring it up again. And I'll never talk to you again in here. I said, I don't want you to not talk to me. I love having conversations. Because she was a great conversationalist too. Believe it or not, I've been told recently, I'm more about personality. I did not know that. It's unfortunate for me. But... She was a great conversationalist. It just was that little bit of hesitation that I didn't feel comfortable with. And I remember we went out. had a great time. And by the end of it, I dropped her off. And um, and um, we actually, she said, hey, you want to take a walk? I said, yeah, sure. So I dropped her off. And we walked around her neighborhood. It feels like this very well-lit neighborhood. It was beautiful. And um, I, said, I said, tonight was the first time I got to see you. I think the hesitation was, we were having those conversations at work. When you have those conversations at work, you have to be more discreet. And and why wouldn't there be hesitation? We're both at work. We're we're both not trying to have people in our business. So I said, I I, I see you, you know. We end up hooking up. To this day, we are good, 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 great friends. And we talk about it. And it's funny, she's married now as a kid. And her husband knows our relationship. And we, anytime I go back to... Marilyn, we and her, hang out. It's just fun, you know. But once again, I wasn't her boss. And but even with her saying that her, even with his her though, her, my point of the story was her being like, "You made me feel completely comfortable. Even before the date, I always felt safe because you cared so much about how I would feel afterwards." Clearly, he did not care about that. Clearly, this guy, what uh, just wanted sex, which it's okay. If It ain't tricking if you got it, homie. It's not tricking if you got it. But when you're someone's bosses, the, the rules are different. And when you're a powerful man that has shut down other people's, not just companies, but livelihoods, you wield a certain type of power that is a dangerous thing to people and people will be afraid of it. Period. Fucking bottom line. So for me, even though I feel like you shouldn't have both ways, I can't expect to have both ways either. We both want it both ways. And clearly Vince pissed off someone in a position that had these, this information to leak the information to the wall street journal. So I could never defend Vince McMahon. I would not have wanted to defend Vince McMahon in this regard because me being a normal person, I'm doing air quotes again. He's lucky he didn't have charges pressed against him. He, I don't think he can because legally they signed NDAs and took money. Mind you, and some of these people took a lot of fucking money I said 5000000 What million. Didn't one women take $11.1 $1 million? You can't put someone in jail for that, dude. You can't put someone in jail for spending $11.1 $1 million of their own money. Right? But it does not mean he did not make them feel uncomfortable. Now, according to the, the first rumor we heard, or first accusation we heard, he put this person in a VP role. But something happened to where he had supposedly passed him off to John Laurinaitis. Speaking of piece of Works piece of work this guy was a piece of shit so with him it sounds like he was just along for the ride and a crony and he was just a yes man and he paid the ultimate price for it he was in a marriage probably gonna get divorced now with the Bellas' uh mother um so let's say about him the better but i had to say that because i had not said that during this entire time and i have been i've had people ask my opinions on it and i've been mum about it but that, that's my true opinion. You can't have both ways. But the problem is both parties want it both ways. It's, it can't be done. You can't be someone's boss, have sex with them, make them clearly feel uncomfortable, pay them off, and want them just to go away. It's just not how it works. Should it work that way? Maybe. But the reality is I don't think Vince made her uncomfortable. I think when Vince passed her off to Johnny Laurinaitis is when she was like, Nah, I'm a little uncomfortable now. I truly believe she was okay with fucking to get to the top. And there's nothing wrong with that, mama. Do what you gotta do, because I would fuck to get to the top, too. But I don't believe she was okay with being passed around like she was a candle on Hanukkah. That's where the problems lie. You know? So I don't think... both, both, Both parties are wrong. Period. Bottom line so that was the top story of 2022 those are predictions of 2023 um i'm going to actually keep this and revisit this next year like i said i don't know when this podcast is going to re re-emerge. i'm hoping to re- for to reemerge in a couple months but we'll see i have a move to set up i have a move to plan i have a lot of shit going on so um we'll see how that goes but anyways um i'm just so chemical this is your see when oh, we're close to another fucking hour talk too much um i'm just so chemical and like i said i'm gonna have the structure down i'm gonna explain all the structures about this beforehand so you guys will know when these come out but um, i don't think this will be the last show i think we're gonna do one a couple shows after this but we'll figure it out and this is just i see things a little differently and i am